there are any here that would like to come forward to join us for the children's message, we'll join with those that are here with us on Zoom as well. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Can we all hear? You can hear us? Great. Good yes. morning to you. Well, my name is Pastor Brandon. I remember seeing a couple of you many, many months ago, back when we were celebrating All Saints Sunday in November. That feels like a long time ago. But today, we are also celebrating Easter. So it seems like we have celebrations all around. And today we hear a story in the gospel about the disciples who see Jesus again in his full form. They thought he was dead, but they saw him physically with him. And not only did they see him, but they got to eat a pretty good breakfast too. Yeah. Now, when I hear this story, I like to think about the things that remind me of Jesus and when Jesus is with us. So I'd like for you to take just a small moment and think about some person or something that makes you very happy. Take a moment. Yeah. This can be a person, it can be a pet or a memory. Do you have something you're thinking of? Yeah, okay. Now I brought a picture of something that makes that makes me very happy and reminds me of the love of Jesus. So I'll show you on Zoom first and then I'll hold it up for everyone else to see here. But if you can see here, this is a picture of one of my cats. I have two of them. I don't know if anyone can see this here. Now this one, for those of you that know church history will like his name. His name is Augustine after St. Augustine. And I have another cat whose name is Ignatius after St. Ignatius. So they have their Christian names. And I saw him the other day sleeping like this on the couch. And he likes to claim this spot as his own. And every time I see him, I'm reminded of that feeling of love that we, those of us that have animals that live with us can feel dogs or cats or birds or any other animals. And when I look at him, I'm reminded of the importance of love. And that love always makes me think of Jesus. Yeah. Now, do you have something in mind that makes you think of Jesus or something that makes you happy? Horseback riding. Horseback riding. Yeah. Do you do that often? I go every Saturday. Every Saturday. And how do you feel when you're horseback riding? Happy. Happy. One of the things that I think is so wonderful about Jesus and about the church who gets to remind us of Jesus is that everything around us in this world, the people and the things we love, all remind us of Jesus and his love for us. The disciples in the story this morning found Jesus in each other and in bread and fish. Things we see all the time, right? Other people and the food we eat. And all of these normal things we see around us every day, 
can show us and point us to God's love because they make us happy and they keep us in relationship with each other. Yeah. So it looks like we have an animal morning with cats and horseback riding, and that's wonderful. All right. Would you pray with me? All right. Let us pray. God of all the stuff around us, we give you thanks for the gift of the world and for all the people and wonderful things that are in it. May we be reminded of your presence with us and your love for us in our animal friends, our horses and cats and dogs, and in our family members and friends and in the fish and bread that we eat and all of the things that we can touch and smell and see and hear. These things are a sign of the resurrected Jesus who is always, always with us. Amen. Thank you so much. A few years ago, I bought some tulips. Now, I had bought tulips before, and I've certainly bought tulips since, but I distinctly remember these ones. They were purple, and I was intentionally looking for purple because it was the, le the week leading up to the start of Lent, and they hadn't fully opened yet. They were partially closed, but the stems and the leaves were drooping. And I suppose, thinking back, that I didn't have to buy those ones. There were plenty of better options. But these ones were the only purple ones left, and I wanted purple. So I brought the flowers home, and I placed them in a small glass vase. A couple of days went by. Then one morning, I was sitting at the coffee table drinking a cup of tea, and I looked over in the direction of the flowers. And what I saw made such an impression on me in that moment that I wrote down a reflection. Here's what I wrote two years ago about flowers that I still think about to this day. While I sat sipping my tea and contemplating the flowers, I noticed not only had they opened up, but the leaves were fully restored. I'm glad my husband wasn't in the room because to anyone not in my head in the moment, I must have looked ridiculous because I couldn't help but stare at the flowers and smile. I was overcome by what I was looking at. I looked at the flowers and the leaves and then I glanced at the water in the vase. The process of the stems drawing the water into themselves was nothing short of love. You see, in that moment, I saw the relationship between the plants and the water as the same love that binds humans together, a force that creates life and joy. One January, during college, most of my friends were in choir practice all day, every day, preparing for a long tour at the end of the month. I went to an ELCA college, so this is just what we did. Now, I was in a different choir that year, and we were on a break for four weeks, and this meant that I had a lot of time on my hands. So I decided that I would take one class in the morning to satisfy a degree requirement. Now, everyone at this liberal arts school needed to take some form of physical education, so I took a tennis class. 
I'm not a very athletic person, so I didn't want to take a sports that, a sports class that required teamwork because I didn't want people to be angry with me if my lack of athleticism cost them a game. So I played tennis for about three hours in the morning and the rest of the day was free. I came to the conclusion that it would be a good time to develop a new hobby. As the result of one event which led to another, I decided that I would learn the traditional Chinese tea ceremony known as Gong Fu Cha. A week into the January term, the necessary supplies arrived in my mailbox. I got a wooden tea tray, a few utensils, a porcelain teapot called a gaiwan, and a couple of teas to try. I remember thinking that it would take a long time to learn and that for a while it would be a clumsy process with lots of water spilling and that I would be hyper-focused on the procedure of steeping tea. What I experienced, however, was anything but clumsy or procedural. The water in the kettle came to a boil. I poured the water in the gaiwan. I decanted and poured it into my cup and took a sip of the tea. Few moments in my life rival the feeling of connectedness and peace that I had in that moment. The water, the leaves, the cup, and myself all came together in that moment of singleness. I was never a cat person growing up. My family always had dogs and large ones too. And living in Minnesota, we always had a Siberian Husky, both a boy and a girl, and they were two of the sweetest dogs we've ever had. But when I was dating my husband, we were living in the city and we wanted a pet, but I didn't want to have a dog in the city. And he had had several cats growing up. So we decided to, do, to adopt a cat. This is Ignatius. Uh, and several years later, we added Augustine, the one of whom I brought the picture today. So they're both with us today. And now it's hard to remember because they've become so central to our lives. It's hard to remember that there was a time in my life when I had an aversion to cats, I was actually quite afraid of them. I thought it was kind of creepy that you couldn't hear them walking around the house, that there's hardly a place in the house that I can go where they can't. They're just always showing up everywhere, always sneaking up on you, never a safe place to hide. But now it's like our spirits are connected. I watch them observe their own environment and I'm totally amazed by how present they are to everything around them. I feel their love radiate from their tiny cat bodies and they have taught me so much about the value of just being here. All three of these stories, the flowers, the tea, and my cats have something in common. They are each examples of where the material and the sacred come together. This is how the Roman Catholic theologian Richard Rohr defines the incarnation, the intersection, the coming together of the material and the spiritual. This is where we meet God. It begs the question, what is not included in this intersection of material and spiritual? 
The coming together of plant stem and water created renewed life. The union of energy through body movement, water and leaves provides a liquor of tea that has silenced the tongues of sages for thousands of years. And you don't have to be a pet owner to know the holy love we see and experience from our furry family members. The incarnation of God's spirit, the force that sustains all things in the material world, in other words, everything in existence, is according to the Christian tradition, how we experience the divine. We even have a word for this intersection, Christ. This morning, we hear another post-resurrection encounter with the risen Christ. After the crucifixion and death of Jesus, many of his disciples have returned to their previous vocation. This is where we find them in the 21st chapter of John. Early in the morning, they go out fishing, and after unknowingly taking guidance from the risen Christ, they have an abundance of fish. It is only after they see him physically with them and eat bread and fish in this wonderfully Eucharistic Easter breakfast, that they realize they are in the presence of life abundant in the incarnate form. Friends, this is the stuff of Christian spirituality. There is something beautiful and comforting in the assertion that God dares to dwell in the material world and that our experiences of God are not found in overcoming this realm, but by living through it and in it. When I hear the story of Jesus appearing to these seven disciples, I hear that the resurrection reminds us that nothing can separate the sacred from the physical. No matter how much the powers of the world try to categorize the holy from the profane, the divine from the unhallowed, it cannot be done. If we want to know Christ, all we have to do is see the people and things around us as Christ's body, and not just metaphorically, but quite literally. Because you see, the incarnation isn't a metaphor, it's reality. The resurrection isn't a metaphor, it's reality. As we continue through this Easter season, I encourage you to join me in continuing to ponder where in the world you see the spirit of Christ. Many of us are probably good at the beautiful poetic language of metaphor. We're seeing the people and objects around us as a catalyst to something more like this food brings us together and connects us all or drinking my morning coffee reminds me of the energy given to us by God. But what would happen if we take a step further and instead of seeing the material world as something that points us to the spiritual as containing the spirit itself. Perhaps the fish that the disciples ate for breakfast was indeed Christ and the relationships they formed with each other after all they went through were indeed Christ. The resurrection reminds us that the spiritual can never be separated from the physical. The profane, well, it's not profane, but it is of God, just as we are, just as all things are.
May you see the resurrection as the embodiment of Christ, not metaphorically, but literally. Amen.